and we're back with our third recording of the day. Three in a row. This is a record. We've never recorded three podcast episodes in a day. Wait, that's true, right? Yeah, we haven't. It could have been possible, maybe a combination of our. Oh yeah, two of us and someone else, like a guest one, but no, yeah, not not fully just us. Yeah. Um. So this is a conversation that we've had before, but uh, like off the podcast. But um, do you? Have you ever had a manicure? No. And we haven't hashed this out fully either, too. Buddy. Okay. Okay. I've got a, I've gotten I've got a couple. I've got I've I've uh um I've gotten one on my own. Uh which is probably the most embarrassing. But uh I've also gotten one with uh with Lauren. And uh, uh but the one on my own was like I don't know. It was like a, a like a, a friend did it, so like it wasn't like a real manicure. Um, and then uh, uh, Lauren, I went the one I went with Lauren. That like that was like an actual like like salon or did you call it salon? Yeah, like a nail salon. Nail salon. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, and um, that was like a, that was like the, like the legitimate experience. But when you get done, your nails are just. Like when they peel back the cuticle on everything, it just feels so good. I've also gotten a pedicure before too. But uh, we were talking about this with you and Jenny because, uh, oh, and and Lisette. I was talking about it with Lisette, but you weren't even on the call. And oh, okay. Uh, this is like last Monday because Lisette had just gotten her not this not this last one, but the one before. Lisette had just gotten done, her nails done, and she went to a salon to get them done. And we were, I was talking about it because I have, <laughs> Lauren did my toes. So I have, my toenails are painted right now. You can't tell, but, um, there is, there's gel paint on them because Lauren's got those at UV gel lamp. And, uh, I was just telling her about that. And she goes, so she started telling me about guys in Colombia who get, who get their nails done. Like guys, I was like, Oh, like, so it must be like more socially acceptable there for guys to go to salons and do that. And she goes, Oh no. She goes, <laughs> she's like, she says, no, they, they come to, uh, like they, they pay someone to come to their house and they do it in private because they can't go be seen in a salon. Um, because that's like gay. I don't, I don't get it because. Well, is it, it's just feminine, right? Like it's, yeah. Some, okay. Yeah. Um, I don't. Okay, so they come to your house, but your your nails not have the same appearance afterwards. See, yeah, but that's you know, there's a there, you can't you know you can't make the argument that oh, so that's doing gay things good. you can't do the argument if you're doing gay things that it's natural. <laughs> you know, I'd be like, no, like my nails just naturally look this good. So I was like, I totally said I was like, I actually think it's, I think she is more gay if you think it's gay. Because then you're not secure in your own sexuality. That you're afraid that if you're going to go in a nail salon and be seen as feminine uh, or gay as they explain it, then... Is that is that like the perspective in, in Colombia? Is that it's like a, a gay thing to do? Or it's yeah. just like a... Well, that's how Lisa was explaining it to me. Okay. Because yeah. I, I think... So there are some things I think like in the U.S. that I w- would think... Maybe that's like a feminine thing, but I wouldn't necessarily say it's a gay thing. Yeah, but the, uh, the, I can argue though. Like, why would you not want to be seen as feminine, though? 
not seeing is like why would you care oh yeah just and, 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 and yeah because you know people associate femininity to like like women or gay men and uh i think if you don't care about the delineation then that just means you're comfortable in your sexuality and your masculine in your own way yeah i i i guess i don't it's been a long time since i've been in an environment where somebody would judge vocally somebody else for that mm. um just because i guess i'm not really surrounded by that anymore um i mean was how i grew up i guess uh and maybe times have just changed a little bit i don't think so i think it was just the different environments but i in general i just don't like people like being mean yeah <laughs> what did they do in japan I, you talk about this a little bit like do men get their nails done oh so yeah because this was in my japanese for professional purposes class i am we were talking about it's important to keep your nails clean and professional looking. And so I just raised my hand to clarify. And then I'm like, do you mean like they get manicures or what do you, and she was like, Oh no, 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 no. Oh, no. <laughs> like you're expected to do it at home and you know, do it yourself. But no, it would be seen as feminine. Then the only time that I was really ever in a position when I was working at K jewelers, uh, it was brought up that, Hey, if, if you wanted, you could go do that because i don't know some maybe would help sell things if you have nice hands but i get made fun of on my paintball team because i wear a neck protector but and and you know 80 just to not die or what uh no just i mean nobody wears a neck protector except for sissies right so like no i have no clue i have no bravery okay, okay so here's the the problem with you like, want to get shot in the neck right I don't care about getting shot in the neck. So like I, I get, I used to get shot in the neck all the time. I still do. I just have a neck protector on, but like the, um, so paintballs leave like really nasty welts sometimes. Oh, like, right. And not even just welts, they like tear the skin off. And it's like, I've got scars. Actually, I have, a, I have a scar on my neck from a paintball. And, um, I, some, like I've never worn a neck protector. So 80% of the reason why I wear one is because, uh, Lauren likes the fact that I wear one. <laughs> the other twenty percent is I don't like paintball welts. Like can look like hickeys, uh, and and like I don't like being on camera and having to explain that it it's not a hickey and it's a paintball welt, which is arguably worse. Which is the opposite of of perceived as feminine or gay. It's extremely nasty, <laughs> probably. Maybe but I I don't know. I feel like I'm in a position now <laughs> where like I those are things I sh that should not be coming up in conversation <laughs> and uh you know in high school it was cool it was one thing but then like now it's like i don't want to be i don't want to be i don't want my neck to the focus of the conversation yeah and so i just like to have you know the neck protector on so like even if i get shot in the neck i'm not gonna like lose skin over it um mm -hmm. and uh but i get made fun of on my paintball, on my paintball team for it uh they call me the throat goat <laughs> which is a blowjob joke um, but, uh, they also, my, my buddy Alice on the team wears one too, and they call him the same thing. So I call us the throat goats and he goes, no, no, we're not a team. Like, <laughs> 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 but, uh, 
Uh, no, like I, I honestly don't care what people think. Like, I mean, uh, about me at all. Even all through high school, people thought I was gay. So I got that in high school. Yeah. <laughs> Look who's gay now. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> I swear. <laughs> I just didn't. I don't know. I just didn't get it. it it's yeah, one of those other things. Like some, they're just social situations that I experience where I don't know how to respond or react. And in general, like seeing any sort of bully mm. there's a lot of instances where i just I'm like even now to this day i'm just like why are we why are we doing that That's yeah weird because they're insecure yeah i mean but you can't just say hey is everything all right at home because <laughs> <laughs> because you don't want to make them have a breakdown that in there so yeah uh anyways that was my cold open uh nails because we talked about a little bit and and I think it's important to take care of you. I mean, I've got a, a six-step uh, skincare routine when every day I wake up and go to bed. Uh, what, what's yours, like three, two? Uh, my, when my life's going well and I'm doing things that I shouldn't be, uh, I just, it's sunscreen and buy oil. I hope to, yeah. I, I do, I, in general, I think I do the bare minimum uh, before you start seeing diminishing returns. <laughs> like if it takes much more time i'm like ah it's fine i'll i'll just get old and not look as good i don't care i'm already gonna be in the mountains or on a beach or you know without people most likely so yeah that's the whole all right what are we talking about uh it's over here here it is uh okay so this this topic came up Again, like every other freaking topic that we talk about, I came up on Facebook, um, and it was actually uh, Skyler. I posted it. The uh, Skyler Mute, um, who we interviewed like a month or two ago, month ago, mm-hmm. and um, it, it it was a it was a post that I I, I I very much agree with, and and it had kind of goes in line with a little bit about what we talked about last episode in regards to hiring out people and contractors to do the work on behalf of you when you have no control over it. And it went further than just like outsourcing the work. And it went more into kind of like the arbitrage that we were talking about, which is you're just bringing people on and then you're not even doing the work at all. You're just outsourcing a hundred percent of it, letting people kind of like take the reins on it and then delivering that as a result to your client, with your client not even knowing that you're outsourcing a hundred percent of it. And there's there's definitely an ethical dilemma there, which is a lot of the reason why Cody and I don't outsource things. We don't outsource things primarily because we don't have control over it. It's, you know, we want, and, and, and uh, the margin issue too. When you outsource work, you have lower margins because now you've got to pay the outsourcing fee versus just having everything in-house and having a documented uh, process for it. Um, when you don't control it either, you've also got to have processes for your contractors to follow and not all of them will, um, and and you don't control necessarily the the output, um, and also deliverables. If you need something done by a certain amount of time, people can't deliver on that. But um, I'm, I'm getting sidetracked. I, I always get sidetracked in these in these live these live episodes where we're in the same room. Anyways, the, so the actual question came up is uh, should the marketing industry be regulated like legally in terms of like people having a license to perform or some kind of certificate to, per- to perform certain 
uh, aspects of marketing, specifically digital marketing, because the argument is marketers have the ability to uh, kind of play on the naiveness, naivety, naivety, naivety. Mm -hmm. Sure. People yep. being naive, uh, business owners being naive, uh, and and ruining reputations and businesses due to poor marketing practices. And I've got my own beliefs on this, especially being a, a self-proclaimed libertarian. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I also have some beliefs that I think might shock you about it. So I wanted to hear. Uh, I didn't really tell you about this, Cody. So this is going to be a lot of a lot of riffing here. Um, have you ever considered the idea of the marketing industry being regulated to any degree? Uh, let's just start there. I mean, it already is, right? I mean, they have the FTC. Yeah, the, the Federal Trade Commission um, coming in and, you know, based on false advertising. Yeah. Lawsuits is needed. They do, but I would argue the FTC is extremely ineffective, especially in the digital marketing age i think they primarily focus on oh i'm just saying it's not the, the full one yeah yeah i mean they're, they're uh, doing some things um to have some sort of regulation but as as far as a qualification of some sort i think you like you go for accounting to become an accountant do you have to go for marketing to become a marketer um well then what about car dealers right should you have to go to, to school to sell cars uh, if you're doing sales at all, should you have to get some sort of qualification first in order to sell things? I think, I think generally that those things become prohibitive and that they're detrimental to, um, the lower class because you're making the, the barrier to entry higher so that there's even tougher mobility between the two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's already certain industries that require this, like the hair care industry. You have to have a certification or license to be a, uh, hairstylist in, in most states. Uh, I don't know if it's all, but, um, and that doesn't, that goes beyond just like applying chemicals to hair that, that goes to, uh, like just cutting hair. I talked to Lauren about this before and I was like, yeah, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think everybody should be able to cut hair. And then she kind of educated me a little bit and was like, no, like it actually does go into healthcare as situations. Mm -hmm. Now you're dealing with people's scalps and, and chemicals. And, you know, even when you're not dealing with chemicals, you still have to be uh, alert of like people's like um, scalp conditions and things like that, which made sense. So then like, even in our own industry, the, the lawn care industry uh, in a lot of States in order to, like as a homeowner, I can apply fertilizer, weed control to my lawn, but I can't charge someone to do so, uh, or I can't charge someone to apply fertilizer to their lawn and sell that service without an applicator's license. Yep. And so there's already a lot of um, situations out there where like you can be you can, you can be a lawn care company and you can mow a lawn and charge someone for uh, with no license, but as soon as you want to apply fertilizer to the lawn and sell that as a service, then you have to have a license. So. Um, I have kind of taken, I, I, I've thought about this and a libertarian in me says, no, no certifications. You can charge anybody to do anything. <laughs> um, but 
I think the I, I honestly think the the libertarian stance on me says you can do anything you want for free, but if you want to um, charge someone for it, then there should be some sort of qualification for it because the uh, impact goes beyond just you. It now goes beyond to other people. And it, again, an argument can be made as well that, you know, well, they, they are the ones who engaged in, you know, uh, who agreed to your services. Um, but, you know, there is a line between what's said and, and closed conversation and what's, you know, publicly displayed out there. Um, and there are private certifications out there like being Google partners and, and having that, that badge there, but they require like a spend limit, which is in order to be a partner or you can get certified for free. Yeah. You can get, yeah, you can get certified for free. Um, but your company doesn't receive any kind of distinguishment between that. Uh, right. Um, so I'll, I'll tell you where I think, where I kind of land preliminarily, and this can change in the future, but I, I've i only been thinking about this since I saw the status update like yesterday. We're freestyling. Yeah. It's just off the cuff. And um, so here's where, I, here's where I stand. I think anybody should be able to, to provide and sell marketing services without any regulation. Um, however, when it comes to paid media, I would be open to discussions about uh, having a some kind of a license or a certification to run to to charge people to run paid media on behalf of a client. That makes sense. You're effectively a financial advisor at that point. Yeah, like you you are handling their money for them, and uh, they're going to have expectations for it. So I guess I could see that. I guess part of my issue though with marketing is that. It reminds me of esports, in that when I hear esports, it's a failing industry. <laughs> <laughs> it's. I just think, okay, what's the sport? I get. I understand. That. I've got a whole tangent on this. Okay. What? <laughs> but, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it. But it changes. The game changes. Yeah, yeah. They have similarities, right? If you're doing like first-person shooters, that's a whole thing. If you're doing fighting games, that's a whole thing. But the game changes. It's yeah. not one game that the rules stay the same the whole time. And the same thing is true with marketing. There are different platforms in different places, and you can do things in different places. And it would be difficult to, you know, try to regulate all of those different places. And they already do have, you know, laws on what you can and can't say. Whether or not people know them is, you know, an, a different thing. Yeah. But um, you should. <laughs> Yeah, and that's just like false advertising laws, and and yeah, they 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 have laws about it, but it, it, in terms of just being like, yeah, and it, it it goes to your financial advisor thing, like which is really what it comes down to is when it goes on to paid media is uh, should be able to take people's money or manage people's money with their own credit card, and like are you know are you qualified to do that? Wait, so what? Does it make sense with the esports? The like makes sense. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It does. Like, uh, you're not gonna you're gonna have a professional esports team that's like focused on Counter Strike versus a professional esports team that's focused on like you know um, Rocket League. Totally different mm-hmm. games. Um, and same thing with paid media. Like, you've got 
you know, not even not even paid media, but you've got SEO, and then you've got PPC, and then you have Facebook ads and TikTok ads, and like they're all different mediums. But at the end of the day, it's still one conglomerated industry um, with vastly different mediums. I think that's why people see marketing the way that they see it too, though. And in a lot of ways, it's a new money business. Mm-hmm. If you want to establish money for the big leagues, <laughs> you can do it um, in marketing because it is low entry. And if you are exceptional, then you can make a lot of money pretty quickly. Um, and then, you know, whereas I think of when I think of old money, it's in a lot of heavily regulated industries at this point. Yeah. Probably like, like oil and like healthcare and stuff. You're probably surprised at all this. Cause I'm like, cause you're like, this doesn't sound anything like what you say you believe. <laughs> <laughs> um, so no, I, I do think that, um, there, that trend exists for a reason in that old money and, uh, regulated industries, uh, that, What's the word? Co. Co. Mingle. Conglomerate. I'm dropping it. No words. Just. Yeah. It's, it's, not, it's the in person thing. Yeah. But the correlation. Oh, there boom. it is. Boom. Correlation is to be, to become prohibitive and make it harder for businesses to enter into that space. Um, and I, that's, I get it. I think you, you need to find the balance of how do you protect people and consumers from getting ripped off or, you know, worse, especially when, with health things. Um, but also giving people a fair chance and keeping it from becoming so prohibitive that nobody has a shot of even. I, I mean, I, there. I, I'm not, I'm not a proponent of, of having to like pay exorbitant amounts to in order to have a regulation or have like a like a regulated license or something um the applicator's license in most states are like a a couple hundred bucks take the test and like the material i think is relatively free or cheap Hmm. and like i'm okay with that because like if you can't afford to do a couple hundred bucks to start a business then like you shouldn't start the business um even lawn care even to get a lawnmower gotta have a couple hundred bucks like Everything is going to require some output in order for you to start. But I, what I don't agree with is like regulating something to where you have to go to college and spend multiples of thousands of dollars to take a few courses. I, I adam- I'm adamantly opposed to that. But if, if it became a situation where someone was like, or like the government said, hey, we're going to step in in order to run paid, a- uh, paid media for, uh, for people and charge people for it, you've got to be certified in paid media and it's... Uh, $200 for the application and the test. I'd be like, okay. Yeah. At least at this point, that's how I feel. But like, I could change how I feel. Oh, that makes sense. But more. It does make sense. Um, I want to go on my tangent about esports. <laughs> okay. I think I, I've argued this since my senior year of high school because people argued that paintball wasn't a sport. And I was like, okay. Uh, and they, and the argument was, it was a very like high school style argument, which is like, which means that none of the points made sense, but they're like, they're like, there has to be like a level of physical activity. And I was like, listen here, you son of a bitch. (laughs) So paintball is excruciatingly physical. You're basically squatting the entire time. And, uh, if you're going to, this kid was arguing to me that golf was a sport. And I was like, if you're going to argue that golf is a sport and paintball is not, you can eat a fist. And 
uh, so he's like, well, it has to have a ball. I'm like, it has millions of balls. <laughs> I was like, don't, don't tell me it doesn't have a, I was like, first, and that, so wait, now you're going to say track isn't a sport? Or you're going to say like uh, discus is This sounds like a high school conversation. Yeah, okay. So, um, but then like, then the argument comes in where it's like, okay, well, the Olympics are the sports, right? Well, then like chess is in the Olympics. So is chess a sport? And uh, they're like, no, it has to have physical activity, which, um, okay, so this is where I draw the delineation between sports. Uh, there's a difference between a sport and a competitive game. Oh, okay. And, and so uh, eSports, in my mind, should be called e-competitive games or e-competitive e gaming or something uh, or e-game. Uh, oh, e-gaming. That's yeah. cool. What's the e? What is the Electronic. I like oh it. yeah so just like esports that's embarrassing I think. <laughs> that's very embarrassing. <laughs> maybe i knew it and i just forgot it <laughs> okay so like chess is a competitive game not a sport in, in my my definition of a sport is something that requires athleticism um and again someone can make the argument that athleticism is anything that increases your heart rate which okay whatever but I'm going to go off of basically it requires extraneous physical activity that gets your heart rate in like the target zone uh, for long periods of time. Um, having said that, I consider golf a competitive game uh, mm. because your heart rate doesn't get your heart rate up. Uh, now, again, this is a very subjective definition, but it's also something that I want you to you all to talk about with uh, your loved ones and friends. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, bowling, for instance, competitive game, not a sport. And and I the amount of people this offends is shocking. Really? Yeah, because they're like because you know there are people who like bowl or play pool competitively. Oh, they like, just want to be able to call it. Yeah, they just want to call it a sport. I'm just like, but it's not. Oh, uh, okay. Like if you want to if you want to be good at a sport, like join a local flag football league. I guess I. <laughs> I guess I agree with the e gaming. That would make more sense. I some beef that I have with it is I think that it's just this is my impression it could be totally wrong but it seems like it's getting glorified as this very good thing and and it could become a problematic thing where if it gets to the point where people aren't taking care of themselves and all they're doing is gaming which again it, it is not a physical activity so um yeah I mean you can you can do the same in sports too right you can overwork yourself or you can get into a bad physical or like physical and and health place but um that does worry me or concern me I guess with you know sports in, in the in the pro esports teams that I've seen though I haven't seen like a lot of overweight competitors mm -hmm. like they always seem to be like somewhat like healthy looking um but it's also I I want to go back to my comment too or I I in passing said that it's a failing industry uh because it is like i know it's like it seems like it's blowing up a lot it's becoming more accessible but uh there is no esports organization that's actually profitable like like phase uh like the biggest esports they were a public held publicly held company and now they're like in risk of being taken off the stock market because they've um dropped so much but like every esports organization is like bleeding money, and because uh, it doesn't make any money, uh, so it's a failing industry. But uh, it's not; it is glorified, like you said. It's just me losing my train of thought. 
<laughs> yeah, I. That's all I mean. My concerns. I don't want people to to kid themselves in thinking that it's a sport in the traditional sense, and that you're getting the same physical activity and health benefits. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was my tangent. So back to regulating the marketing industry. Uh, I don't have a lot more to say about this. I just wanted to talk about this a bit because it's not a concept I'd ever thought of until I saw this. I was like, should it be regulated? Um, would, I mean, on one hand, like for us, it would be good if it was because we're in a position and a financial position to, to be, uh, to, to do whatever certification is required. Right. It wouldn't mean much for us. Yeah. But it would do whatever we had to, and then we keep going. Yeah. And, and it would like definitely weed out a lot of, I guess, quote, competition, even though we don't really see it as competition. Oh, speak of, <laughs> Google's calling. <laughs> this is picked up my phone and I have a, a caller ID has Google calling me right now. Uh, probably somebody, I should have, I should have put him on the podcast. <laughs> uh, it'll be like, hey, I'm your new strategist for this quarter. Would you like to spend more money? Nope. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's not, it's not something I had thought of before. And, uh, I decided to begin to talk about it because, you know, what if the certification was required before we had started Evergrow and we had to jump that hurdle? Uh, I think it would be, we'd probably be less open to it, but still do it anyways. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, what what would become the well i if it is that cheap then it is still the entry level industry right yeah even if it if it's only because lawn care is also yeah um, entry level friendly but uh i i guess in some ways i'm in the i see the marketing industry as as potential startup money to get into the big boy game mm-hmm. which i'm not sure what that would be but i i do I generally see why that's the case and i think it's smart too because those industries that are more regulated are more stable mm-hmm. and that's why once you're in that position it's a good it's a good place to be because you have a lot more of the stability whereas you know um if you if your business focus pretty much entirely on google and facebook and then there's two massive changes to those things um your parasitic business is gone right <laughs> your parasitic bi- explain explain what you mean that parasitic business uh i know yeah. i know exactly what you mean but uh your business but, uh, only exists because of the host which is google and facebook and if those two things were gone um and you built your business entirely on that you're a business or you're a parasite now without a host um so you'll either die <laughs> or you have to go find a new host um and you know uh it's just volatility that um, you see one or two ways you accept it and you're okay with it and you know, uh, or you you diversify as much as possible. That's why I like SEO is because there's always got to be search. And so whether you're optimizing for Google or Bing or Yahoo, well, I guess it's the same now, or uh, what's the China one? Baidu? Baidu. Yandex. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Uh, who you're optimizing for. Even when AI takes the stage, like an AI-generated ser- or AI-focused like focused search engine, 
even when that takes a stage, it's still going to be search. It's just how the information is displayed and relayed is going to be different. And, and how you optimize for that will be different. But do you have anything else? This, this is going to be our shortest episode ever. How short is it? Oh, uh, it's going to be like in the 20 minute marks. That's it? Well, it's going to be under 30, but yeah. Jeez. Uh, I don't think so. No, I really don't. Well, guys, if you have, and ladies, uh, if you have anything that, uh, I would like to hear what you guys think about, uh, regulation in the marketing industry in general, if you guys had any thoughts on, you know, whether certain aspects of it should be regulated or if you think absolutely not, it should not be in any capacity, uh, let us know comment in the episode or maybe I'll do a little question on Spotify that you guys can answer to. Oh, Hey, leave a review. Oh, you have, do that. You yeah. haven't asked that in a long time, but we also haven't received a review in a long time. So uh coincidence. Yeah. I think not. There is a direct correlation between our, uh, feelings and the reviews that we have and that when we get more, we are happier. And when we go a long time without one, we're sad. So, yeah. Um, well, I guess if you want us to keep, you know, being sad, then don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's all I got. Yeah. So leave a review. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everybody. Thanks for listening. See ya.